0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs,
2: and hello, everyone. Welcome to Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. We are operating at the intersection of sports and business. It is the online show with compelling conversations and useful content you can use today. If you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company. This is a show for you. We have experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, and on and on it goes. This is Biz Locker Radio. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. Thanks for being a part of the show today. You can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. We have got a lot of great things going today. Hey, by the way, do like I do download the podcast on iTunes and just plug it in and listen on your daily commute. This is show number 48, Discover Your CEO Brand. I'm looking forward to this one. A couple of great guests today. Get the show started, hopefully, pending her call. Suzanne Bates will join us, and uh, you want to stick around. She's uh, absolutely fantastic. And then Tony Hughes is calling tomorrow for today's show. Yeah, he's from Australia And the show in Australia, it's already tomorrow, so it's about 7 o'clock his time in the morning. And he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour uh, after our second break. And we'll have a conversation with him. He wrote a fantastic book already in its sixth printing, The Joshua Principle, Leadership Secrets of Selling. And he is one of the absolute leaders on LinkedIn and social selling. We're going to have that conversation today. Should be great stuff. By the way... Later in the show, Mr. Miles Austin will join me for the X's and O's segment, and we'll be going live internationally around the world on Periscope. Yes, a brand new tool that just released uh, from Twitter about a week and a half ago, and Miles is going to test drive it today. Excited about that. We'll be live on the Twitter feed and we'll be able we're going to talk about that, by the way. We're going to talk about that particular tool. So it'll be fun to do. And finally before we uh, get started, I want to let you know you can get a brand new copy of a fantastic book called The Sales Acceleration Formula. You may recall that I had Mark Roberge on the show uh, 3 or 4 weeks ago talking about his brand new book using data technology and inbound selling to go from one to go from 0 to 100 million dollars. Absolutely fantastic book. The Forward by Neil Rackham, the author of Spin Selling. You need a copy of this. Trust me when I tell you, this is something it's a must-have in your sales library, and I'm going to give it to you absolutely free. I'm going to give that away, and I'm going to give away one of our Biz Locker Room journals. Fantastic journal that you can use to keep notes in, write down your great ideas. I'm going to give away a copy of each of those this week. All you have to do, it doesn't matter where you're listening or what you've got in front of you, take out your phone and text me at 33. 444 33444 text me the word biz locker b i z l o c k e r and we will uh, register you for that and by the way we'll also send you a way that you can get a copy of this or one of a number of other books absolutely free if you go on and rate and review the Business Locker Room radio show Biz Locker Radio on iTunes so good stuff send me a text 33444 that text should say biz locker and we're going to give you a copy of the book. Let's grab uh, Mr. Miles Austin uh, and talk a little bit about Periscope and what we're going to do in the latter part of the show. Uh, uh, Miles, we talked about Periscope last week, and it was brand new. And you actually wrote a, a blog post uh, that went kind of crazy. It was, it was as well as Twitter went crazy with the whole idea of Periscope. What is it, by the way? Tell me, tell me about Periscope.
3: Hi, Kelly. Um, periscope as you said is now a company owned by twitter just think of it as a live video feed from your phone out using the internet in a twitter-like environment so i look at i look at it as uh i'm a local news uh anchor out in the field and you know you see those vans driving all over town they got the big satellite dish on top and they're broadcasting from the different events in your community mm-hmm. you now with this technology have the ability to do the exact same thing broadcast live streaming audio and video from your phone
2: Now that's incredible stuff and it makes such a great segue because you talk about broadcasting from where you're at well we're going to talk to a veteran broadcaster Her name is Suzanne Bates, and she is going to be my first guest today. She's the author of a number of great books, Motivate Like a CEO, Discover Your CEO Brand. She's an executive coach and author and a former award-winning television news anchor, currently serves as CEO of Bates Communication, which she formed uh, back in 2000. She's an acclaimed on-air personality and nationally recognized as an expert in business communications and leadership. Suzanne, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us.
0: Kelly, thanks for the invitation. Great to be with you.
2: Well, already I can tell by your voice uh, that you've got that on-air experience. You've got that natural vibrance in your voice. So it's, it's good stuff. I, w- I want to talk to you a little bit about the idea of developing a CEO brand. But before we do that, you, you made the segue from broadcasting as an on-air personality uh, to uh, being the CEO of your own organization and an executive coach. What, what led to that transition?
0: Well, (laughs) the short version of the story is that I had spent 23-plus years on the air in television. What a great experience that was. I loved every minute of it. I was a television news anchor and a reporter in the field. Uh, at a certain point, I just felt like I was ready to move on and, and have a second career, and uh, I had entrepreneurship in my blood, you might say. My father was an entrepreneur as well, and I had worked with leaders over the years and was very interested in leadership, and I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to apply what I had learned in uh, in the field of communication and journalism to, uh, what leaders need to know and what leaders need to do. So I started out pretty modestly on my own doing coaching for leaders in presentation and media and then as I learned more about leadership and executive coaching uh, our firm uh, it grew and uh, we attracted other coaches and and large corporate clients and we ventured into the world of executive coaching and leadership development
2: well you're certainly anything but modest now I mean your team is very large you have uh, as I see it seven executive coaches and consultants a strong leadership team a number of people on your staff clearly you've been very successful you can find Suzanne by the way online and follow her at CEO Coach Bates on Twitter. Her website is Batescommunication.com, but there's a hyphen in between Bates, B A T E S, and Communication. So you have developed your own brand around the idea of developing a CEO brand. That's kind of an interesting idea. As, as you work with large corporations, I'm sure, sure you do a lot of work with, with large company CEOs. Suzanne, in your experience, what are some of the major mistakes? that CEOs make in developing their own brand?
0: Well, you know, a lot of leaders rise to the top relying primarily on their business and technical skill, which is great to a point. They're even pretty good managers. But when you move into a senior executive position or you're preparing to move into a senior executive position as a high potential leader, you know you're going to be standing on a bigger stage. Uh, You know that you're going to hit some new inflection points in your career. And among them is the ability to engage and motivate and inspire other people uh, to get you know aligned around a mission and purpose and and to mobilize their best efforts and you know to overcome uh, the challenges uh, that we all face in business and so what I think most leaders need to learn and appreciate is that they all have we all have our own way and can develop our own way of engaging and motivating and inspiring other people it isn't a cookie-cutter approach uh, you know, we have this image, I think, of leaders with executive presence of, you know, the man in the in the suit striding across the stage, giving a great presentation. But, mm-hmm. in fact, we know there are all kinds of leaders who take all kinds of approaches. If you think about some of the top leaders, uh, you know, na- some of those who are named top leaders, uh, last year Fortune magazine named uh, the Pope, Angela Merkel, and Alan Mulally. Well, hmm. think about all of them. They each have a completely different persona and different brand, yet they're all influential. They all make an impact, and what they do is they leverage their strengths.
2: You know, it's interesting. You you, you talk about presence and persona and those kinds of things. It leads me directly to one of the questions I had as I was preparing for the interview, and, and that is this. If you go back and look at Good to Great from from Jim Collins, he talks about the level five leader in, in, in those companies that achieved greatness, according to the book. These are individuals we've not heard of, Suzanne, and I just wonder where where the intersection is between persona and presence and being that level five leader. Where where, where do you see those things come together, or are they even necessary?
0: Well, we do, you know, we tend to notice. Those who get a lot of news coverage, right or press right. but jim Jim Collins is absolutely right. He can be a very very effective leader with a very strong brand and not have a public persona per se, but what we do have to have are certain qualities that uh, you know, we've actually done quite a bit of research into this. So we wanted to take a scientific approach, if you will, and methodology to evaluating what executive presence really is. And it's far more than how people often think of it as, you know, kind of that one-dimensional presentation skill, charisma, you know, those kinds of things. From our research into uh, areas like uh not only psychology and leadership and management, but we also looked at communication theory. We looked at social action theory. We looked at ethics and philosophy to develop a more encompassing model that speaks just to what you're talking about, the type of level five leader. And what we developed was a model that incorporates character qualities like authenticity or humility, and it incorporates – qualities of mature leadership, like practical wisdom and vision and um, resonance, being able to connect with other people and kind of be attentive and attuned to them. So through those, and then there's, there's style components, such as intentionality, the, the ability to clarify direction, appearances in there, but we also measure interactivity, the way we promote interpersonal dialogue. So you can see just by some of the qualities that I've named that... Uh, there's a there's some that are more obvious to others, you know, on the style side, there are others that maybe are not so evident when we first meet a person, but we're able to evaluate over time, like integrity. But they're all reasons that people are attracted to us as leaders. They're reasons people follow us. They're reasons people have to trust in us, give us the benefit of the doubt, uh, you know, give us their goodwill and give us their above and beyond effort. And so what the way we define executive presence is, again, this ability to align motivate, inspire, and move people to act. And there's a lot of ways to do that that don't involve making great speeches.
2: Right. Well, you know, there, there's been a lot written recently, a lot of conversation about uh, what has been termed peacetime and wartime CEOs. From your perspective, is is there a palpable difference between the CEO who's involved in a, a turnaround or a large market fight or something of that nature and someone who's just, Trying to take a good thing and make it better along the way. Do, are, are there significant differences between those two types of leaders?
0: Well, I do think you can have the you can get the right leader at the right time. And a perfect example of that is Alan Mulally, who had to turn around Ford. A story that most people know, but when he mm-hmm. joined from Boeing, they were on a pace to lose seventeen billion dollars. And without taking TARP money in five years, they turned it around and made it profitable. So what are some of the qualities that Alan Mulally brought to leadership? Well, certainly he has a lot of the qualities that I'm, I've talked about here from authenticity and integrity and humility. If you've ever heard him speak, he's very funny and very mm-hmm. down to earth. But what are some of the other qualities that he would have needed to bring to drive that turnaround. If you're going to break down silos in an organization, if you're going to get leaders who are accustomed to basically running their own businesses within Ford to collaborate and work together on solutions, then You have to be really strong on what we call the style or the skill-based overt patterns of communication like intentionality, clarifying direction, keeping people aligned, um, including people, uh, getting diverse viewpoints on the table, making sure everybody comes in with their data color-coded in red, green, or yellow, and talks about the mistakes and how they can all help each other, and and an interactivity, a constant expectation of communication with one another. I don't think... a, a a leader who didn't have those qualities would have been able to turn Ford around. So he was the right leader at the right time.
2: Mm-hmm. Makes good sense. Let me let me ask you, soundbite wise. Let's do a soundbite. How would you characterize the status of women as CEOs in in the, the United States at, at current currently? Stagnant. Stagnant.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, we're good, you know, we're gonna see some more women CEOs, there's no question about it, but it's been a slow process, uh, for a lot of reasons. One of them is that organizations really do want, many of them, most of them really do want to have a more diverse leader population. They just haven't figured out how to do that and, uh, how to get past the 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 built-in cultural biases uh, that just exist in most organizations, it's going to happen eventually. Women are good leaders. Women are great leaders. Yeah. So are are the
2: are the mechanisms, Suzanne, for creating uh, more effective female leaders, or not that they don't have that effectiveness, but bringing it to the fore and making it visible. Are the mechanisms inside of corporate America still lacking, or is it just simply a decision that's not being made?
0: Well, you're asking me a question that could put me on a soapbox. <laughs> okay, you, fair I enough. Think that, I think most of what organizations are doing for women is, uh, if you don't mind my using a, uh, a, a bad word, crap. Right. Uh, they're not d- addressing the real needs of women. They're giving women um, uh, monolithic advice as if women are all the same. They're... They're herding them into skill-based programs where they teach them things like, uh, speaking up in meetings, which, you know, is a good thing. Everybody needs to learn to speak up in a meeting. But women are just like men. They have different strengths and different gap areas. And if we don't start to treat women and a diverse population of leaders, as as individuals and evaluate their strengths and give them real guidance on where they need to fill in their gap areas, we're not going to see women rise to the top. And, uh, the, you know, I feel that a lot of organizations, int- they intend to do well with these programs, but they in- end up being check-the-box activities.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I, I, I see what you're getting at, especially with in regards to female executives. Many times we put them all in a box and say they, which is its own particular kind of ism. I'm not sure what it is, sexism, I guess. But, you know, that they all need X, whereas we'll look at a male many times and look at their specific needs based on a strengths and weaknesses analysis. You, t- you talk about in your programming three critical items uh, that are really important in terms of developing CEO brand, and that's character and substance and style you've sort of referred to those if I'm a mid-30s male or female and and I want to lead at a at a high level a top level if I see myself as that CEO what do I what do I begin to do now I mean clearly there are young CEOs now but assuming that it's going to be a little while before I get there what would you counsel me to begin doing now as a younger individual who wants to lead at that level?
0: The first thing you absolutely have to do is develop a network of peer mentors and mentors and Contacts, trusted advisors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the biggest mistake that most people make is they work within their business and within their silo, and they go in and they put their heads down and they get the job done. But you're not going to learn about what's going on in the organization. You're not going to have the visibility that you need to have if you don't have a network of people who are rooting for you, and that's true for men and women and diverse uh, employees as well. So it's never too early to start building that network. The second thing I'd say is you need to be very open to feedback. A lot of people who are rising stars think uh, that, uh, you know, they don't have any any growing to do. It's just a matter of time and, and in the way they feel they've, they've earned promotions before they get them, especially if they're put into high potential programs. But nothing could be further than the, from the case. I mean, the leaders I work with at the top of the You know, Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 are all people who seek feedback, who accept it openly. Uh, who who work hard to address it and to continually get better and better and better at what they do. Uh, so it, if you can open yourself up to feedback, it doesn't mean you have to believe everything you hear or that everybody's got the truth, but if you've got a broad spectrum of people who can offer you advice and feedback, you're going to get a pic- better picture of how others perceive you, and you're going to be able to address those and uh, develop faster, accelerate your your development as a leader.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Hey, we need to take a time out. I'm going to come back on the other side, Suzanne. I've got one follow-up question I'd like to ask you, and that is since you've been doing this since 2015 years have gone by, I'd like to talk about the biggest change that you've seen at the top, at the CEO level. What has happened with regards to culture, society, business itself? What is the biggest change that's impacted the CEO level? We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. You're listening to BizLocker Radio on Voice America. I'm Kelly Riggs. Stay with us.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
4: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books One on One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step by step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com.
2: Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to a $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the Chief Revenue Officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today.
1: from the boardroom to you Voice America Business Network
2: This is Dan Walshman and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs Hey, welcome back to Biz Locker Radio I am Kelly Riggs Hey, find us online at bizlockerradio.com Again, uh, give you the opportunity to get a book of Mark Roberts' brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, or the Biz Locker Room Journal. I'm going to give one of those away this week. Text me at 33444. Just text the word bizlocker, Biz Locker, B I Z Locker, to 33444, and we will register you in that giveaway. Looking forward to doing that next week. By the way, speaking of next week, Marissa Levin and Stephen Gaffney will join me. As we talk about uh, business communication, also in that show, Dave Stein, who's been called the world's top sales training expert by Jeffrey James of Inc. Magazine. Looking forward to having all of those people as a part of the show next week. Our guest this week is Suzanne Bates. She's CEO of Bates Communication former on-air personality, highly successful in every aspect of her business. Suzanne, have you ever failed anywhere along the line? Just curious.
0: No. <laughs> Just about every day. I like to, uh, one of my mentors says, um, I'm constantly surprised at how stupid I was two weeks ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a great line. I'll have to steal that one. No doubt about it. Well, you, you know, it's uh, we, we, we've been talking about CEO and CEO as a brand and so forth. You started your company in 2000. The business landscape has changed dramatically with the advent of technology, social media, and so many other things that are out there. What's the biggest change you've seen at the CEO level in the last 15 years?
0: Well, related to that, I'd say that what is now available is the CEO's uh, entire profile uh, online, right, through social media, right? We know so much more about CEOs than we used to. There's an expectation that uh, because there's uh, people, uh, you know, coming up through the gen- the new- newer generations have a much less hierarchical view of leadership. CEOs have to be responsive to that. And, you know, just like I would say, um, you know, B2B business has changed for the same reason. It's more like business to consumer. What I mean by that is people have made up their mind about you before they've met you. They can look you up on LinkedIn. They can read articles about you. And by the time they actually meet you face-to-face or have an interaction with you, they've got an impression of you. And so from a leadership and CEO brand perspective, uh, it really means you have to pay attention to that. And I don't mean by that manipulating your brand. I mean that you, as a genuine article, need to be out there in a very authentic way and be able to connect. With and resonate with others. It means that your, uh, your appearances within the company and outside the company really matter a lot. It means people expect access to you in a different way, however you want to manage that. But I, you know, when I've, inter- over the years I've interviewed a lot of CEOs for my books. One of them that impressed me years ago because he really understood this was Bill Swanson at Raytheon. Now, they're a defense company, but one of the things that he decided early on is that he would respond to any email any employee sent him. Why did he do that? Well, in a defense company, you want there to be no barriers to people being able to tell you something you need to know. So I think, it you know, everything depends on, you know, your industry and who you are and what's real and authentic for you. But it's very important to know that, you know, you can't hide in the C-suite anymore. There's no hiding.
2: Uh, I, I, can, I assume that's true. And everything is, is so very public now, especially, in fact, today, uh, Miles Austin and I later in the show will be talking about and using, by the way, Periscope. I'm sure you've heard a little bit about that in the recent week. Now everything seemingly is not only available, now it's instantaneous. It was always instantaneous for people to tweet about it. Now you can get instantaneous video. What, is, what does that do to your practice, by the way? Is that, is that part of the coaching that you do with CEOs that everything is visible?
0: Well, it has to be. I mean, you have to know that anything you say in any room with more than one person in it could be recorded. And that isn't just uh, a warning for crisis communications. It's to help people appreciate how others get information now. So, it, you know, the way I see it is it behooves a CEO or a senior leader to learn how to use uh, that media appropriately. And, you know, that may mean that video blogging is going to be cool in your company, or mm-hmm. it may mean that you know you're going to have some kind of a broadcast uh but it has to be interactive as well cuz people expect interactivity but you're right i mean you know it used to be you know you'd you'd wait a day for a response or two days people expect instant feedback, instant uh communication and uh something that is recorded or or said circulates immediately. So we have to be aware uh not just of the negatives but the positives the po- the power of that is incredible. You want to uh you want to turn around a situation. You have so much uh Internal and external media access now. So many ways, so many channels to communicate with people and get your message out there. There's no reason why you can't address issues quickly and uh, and and uh, you know see a result.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Different world out there, Suzanne. Thirty seconds. So we're going to take another break. Uh, best or top female CEO in America today.
0: <laughs> Gee, you know, I'm sorry you stumped me on that one. I'm not really sure how to evaluate a top female. Um, I'll have yeah, I try to pass to, on that. I, yeah.
2: I try to come out of left field on that one just to see what kind of you know, emotional response I get. Who's, who's the best CEO you've worked with?
0: Uh, I can't talk about who I've worked with. Ah,
2: very good. Okay. (laughs) Oh, very good. She's Suzanne Bates and you want to make sure you follow her online on Twitter at CEO Coach Bates, B-A-T-E-S. She's the CEO of Bates Communication and she's the author of several great books. Make sure you grab Discover Your CEO Brand, Secrets for Embracing and Maximizing Your Unique Value as a Leader. Quite an honor to have you on board, Suzanne. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks, Kelly. Your show rocks. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. You
2: bet. I appreciate
0: that so much. Uh, We're going to take our time out, uh, and we're going to
2: come back and talk with somebody tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I know it sounds bizarre, but Tony Hughes is going to join us from Australia, and it is uh, 7.30 a.m. tomorrow where he is coming from. Stay with us. We'll be back on the other side. We're going to talk about social selling with Tony. His blog is one of the most read on LinkedIn, and he writes about not only leadership and strategic selling, but advanced business-to-business social selling. Stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to BizLocker Radio on Voice America.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
4: Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com.
2: Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to a $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com
1: today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
2: Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, you are listening to Biz Locker Radio, brought to you by the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining us. Many thanks to Suzanne Bates. Fantastic interview. And again, you'll want to follow her online at CEO Coach Bates. Our next guest is coming to us uh, from down under, by the way. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and commentator. One of the most widely read blogs on LinkedIn. He is he is the man when it comes to social selling, and that's saying something. Uh, online because there's a lot of great people there but he was recently ranked as one of the top 100 people on the planet in social selling and he's had a 30-year career leading tech companies in the asia pacific area and it, it's I'm, I'm great i am mean, really excited to have him on board because of what he's doing and also uh, we, we've talked a lot about sports together so it really makes for an interesting conversation tony i know it's monday morning there in australia good morning and welcome to the show
5: great to have you on board Hey, Kelly. Thanks for inviting me. It's actually Tuesday morning. You were right at the top of the show. It's the future here. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: That's what I meant. Tuesday morning. Yeah, I forget. It is Monday here. I kept saying tomorrow morning, and then I said the wrong day. Hey, you you sent me a note, and you said that Australia just won the World Cup of Cricket on Sunday night, Australia time. So in the last couple of days, 93,000 were watching live, and you said there was over a billion television viewers. Are you serious?
5: Yeah, there was actually more than 1,000 million viewers for one of the pool matches. Uh, it was actually between India and and uh, Pakistan. But basically, wherever the British Empire went around the world, they took cricket. I know Americans really struggled to get cricket. I lived in the States for two years. And test match cricket goes for five days, if you can believe that. And it's quite common that they'll just have a draw, no result. And my American friends when I lived in L.A. used to say, you've got to be kidding me. You play a game for five days and there's often still no result. uh, The World Cup they just had was was the one-day form of the game, so they do it every year like all of the other World Cups with soccer. It's the second biggest sport in the world. It was just absolutely huge, and Australia won, which was great. The whole whole country celebrated.
2: Well, I guess it makes for a, a nice comparison to sales. There's many times I've worked on a sales deal for five days and nothing's happened. There's been no result. I guess that makes sense.
5: Yeah, look, I really agree with that. I often say to people that the, the biggest competitor that we all need to obsess about is the competitor of do nothing or just status quo. So often uh, people come to market looking for information, but they're not really committed to buy internally. Um, so we really need to focus on, on people doing nothing as a big competitor.
2: Well, I know you got interested in the show, Tony, because of the name Business Locker Room and the, the analogy, uh, the metaphor of, of sports as business. And we've talked about sports and uh, or military as a, as a metaphor as well uh, as it comes down to strategy and execution. You're, you're a guy that actually uh, played rugby. You were an Australian rugby star. And, and I understand you're a big NFL fan as well. So you see a lot of those co- comparisons between sports and business, do you not?
5: Yeah, yeah, look, I really do. Um, you know, we need people that are really passionate. And at the end of the day, it's about both strategy and execution. So I, I tend to look more to the military than than sport for business strategy. Um, but the thing I love about sport is it's all about how you execute on the field. Um, I see so many companies come up with these. Uh, cra- well, they're not crazy. They appear great on paper, strategies but they just don't have the ability to execute them well so people doing the simple basic things and selling to me is what makes the difference and even in the age of social and in the age of a whole lot of machine automation we just all tend to drown in a white wall of noise every time we get to work uh you know whether it's email or social or linkedin or, or whatever the platforms are that we use at the end of the day uh and you said it last week on the programmer, i think it was Zig Ziglar said it but People buy from those they like and trust. And social is all about connecting with people and building great relationships as opposed to blasting and projecting messages everywhere. It's one of the important reasons, I believe, that sales and marketing need to come together. People have been talking about that forever. But until sales and marketing work really well together on creating great content and engaging customers, um, that's when social will really take off for people in B2B.
2: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. In fact, my, my opinion, Tony, is that social selling is a bit of a misnomer. I see social being more marketing than selling. In fact, almost completely marketing. But it is that attraction and that relationship building phase that's really, really critical in terms of uh, moving the sales process along. But I think so many people are trying to substitute social for actual selling. and What they should be doing is using social as a way to get the conversation started and then move into it into the buying process at some point.
5: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I see people struggle to really define what social selling means in a business-to-business context. And, and the definition, you know, that I came up with in use is that um, social selling for business-to-business is really the strategy and process of building quality networks online that accelerate the speed of business and the efficiency in how we sell. Um, and we need to focus on doing it through engagement rather than projecting messages Um, And what I see is really five pillars to executing that as a strategy, and it's social listening, social publishing, and I've been doing a lot of social publishing in LinkedIn as a strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third thing is social social research and then social engagement, and certainly LinkedIn is a great platform for doing that. Um, And then there's just a a, a raft of great technologies out there that are really cheap uh, to use social collaboration as a way to engage to sell. Um, to really drive the cost out of sale as well but still get that connection.
2: Well, I know your social publishing has been nothing short of remarkable. By the way, our guest, Tony Hughes, you'll find him at RSVPselling.com. You want to make sure you find him on LinkedIn and follow him. You want to read his stuff. This is not the usual fluff or pap that you get in other areas where people are, again, just trying to throw things at you. This is very detailed, very content-rich uh, LinkedIn publishing that uh, really really drives the conversation and the how-to on the social media side and and you Tony you've done a fantastic job with this you've come literally out of nowhere to become one of the uh, most widely respected voices in social media and social selling on, on LinkedIn what what drove you to that process I mean how did you get to
5: where you are now what what was your thinking there
2: yes
5: yeah, so, so the first thing I'd say is that. Before we focus, you know, for all of us, before we focus on social tools, we need to really have a social strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. I I used to run uh, one of the largest CRM companies in the world in this region, and I used to say the same thing in that market, that customer relationship management needs to first be a strategy before you try and roll it out out as a technology. And I certainly believe that customer experience is rolling right over the top of CRM. The future of CRM is going to be very interesting. I know you regularly talk about that topic on the program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing for me is that I'm, I'm uh, writing my next book and what I decided is that uh, the age of publishing today is you need to bring an audience, an audience platform to a publisher, not just a great book. Uh, and I did something really uh, bold and revolutionary. I'm not aware of anybody else in the world that's done this, but I turned off my blog on my website and I went all in on LinkedIn. And the reason I did that is when I was looking at my strategy of building audience platform I thought, well, where does my market live? And for me in my world, every single person on the face of the planet that I want to get to lives in LinkedIn. There's 350 members in in LinkedIn. Two people join a second. Um, It's just absolutely huge. It's the biggest publishing platform in the world with LinkedIn Publisher. And I thought, go be where my market is and don't worry about trying to capture people's details, to send them newsletters or any of those things. Just adopt a pay-it-forward Give people good content strategy and don't sell to them. Let the quality of, of 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 what you do really speak out. So, so that's what really drove my strategy, and it was it was pretty phenomenal. In just 90 days, I went from 1,600 followers in LinkedIn to nearly 7,000, um, close to 400,000 views. My Twitter followers nearly doubled. Um, I got ranked in the top 100 people in the world in social selling. But, you know, people often ask the question: Does social activity monetize? Um, and the answer is yes. Uh, I had 4,500 profile views in just 90 days, but I picked up more public speaking work uh, in the first month of January this year than I'd done all of 2014. Uh, and it was all people coming to me. And the thing that blew my mind is when they talked to me, the conversation was completely different. Instead of them wanting to know, was I worthy of being the person to speak at their conference? They already saw my value. They loved my insights. And the question was, are you available and how much do you charge? As opposed to tell us why we should pick you. And that's one of the incredible things that's very powerful about doing LinkedIn well. You can establish your credibility and in essence set an agenda and do the selling before you turn up. So that when you do have the conversation with the potential client, you can make it all about them very early.
2: Well, I intend to have you on the show uh, down the road, and I was I was telling you uh, before we came on that uh, I didn't want to wait until we had a full opening to give you an entire show, which I'm definitely going to do down the road. I wanted to have a piece and a part of this conversation today because what you're doing has, has had a dramatic impact. Those five pillars, Tony, you talk about social listening, social publishing, what you're doing on LinkedIn, social research, social engagement, and social collaboration. I assume that you put those five pillars together and you discovered them in some sense, or you've categorized them in this certain way because they make sense to you. Tell me how you got to that piece of, of the way you see social.
5: Yeah, the, the, the person that's influenced me the most in the world, and I'd really encourage everybody listening to the program to get hold of this book and read it, but it's David Nieman Scott's book, The New Rules of Marketing and PR. Um, when I read that book, it really opened up my mind. Um, I, you know, I, I was like most people up until late November last year. I was I was dabbling in social, and every time I'd look at social, I'd think, you know, how do I really find the time? It just takes so much time. Are uh, people really interested in what I'm doing? Um, no matter how much activity I do in social, it will never be enough. Um, and and some people in my network uh, that, that were actually my clients were really pushing me to go and do more with social. And when I read the book, I, I had this epiphany of what my strategy needed to be. Um, and once you know what your strategy is, you can focus down onto the platforms that matter. So in, in my world, it's really LinkedIn uh, for, for content publishing and connecting with people and attracting people. I think we need to move away from, from interrupt marketing and push selling to, to uh, content attraction marketing Uh, and offering insights to people to get the right conversations going. So I'm using LinkedIn for that and then using Twitter to amplify what I'm doing and get the message out there. And then the third important thing in B2B absolutely is uh, YouTube. So um, YouTube is very important. Um, It really attracts people, and people that are busy will tend to watch a short video even if they struggle to read. So it was really David Mearman Scott that really got me down on the right path that helped me build my strategy.
2: Oh, that's, that's extraordinarily interesting. Well, I know that you're, in a, you're ridiculously successful in the world of sales. And I know your consulting work up to this point in time, and probably still is, has a lot to do with teaching and training and developing strategies for sales teams. But do you see your work moving more into this arena and becoming more of uh, a teacher, a trainer, a consultant on the social selling side? Or is it just going to be an adjunct to everything else that you do?
5: Yeah, no, I'm really wanting to move my career to public speaking. Um, I'm, I'm over in the States uh, three or four times each year at the moment anyway, uh, but I'm winding down my, my, my coaching and consulting business. I, I, I do a lot of big deal coaching. I helped a client last year win a $100 million contract. When I got involved, they were coming a distant second, but I've just seen this huge need in the marketplace for people involved in complex business-to-business enterprise selling this huge need for them to figure out how can they use social, um, and it's really important because every single company's uh, expensive product, services, or solutions over time drift toward just becoming a commodity. And if something becomes a commodity, you've got to figure out how to drive out cost of sale, either move it to channels, inside sales, sell online. Um, but then, for the things that you know where the margins will hold up and they are solutions, you've got to push and drive your salespeople to value. Uh, and the way that they engage and get to more senior people earlier in the cycle is really, you know, is really really important. Um, that to me is what defines strategic selling: is is going in and and reaching somebody very early, almost before they're unaware of their own problem. But but you get there in that trusted advisor role and really set the agenda. And where social can play a role is you can get engaged when they start to do market research rather than later when you're the victim of them coming to market with some kind of tender process or bid process where, where they're, they're really running the agenda. Yeah, you
2: bet, Tony. Hey, you've really set the hook hard. I know that for me, I, I couldn't be more excited about having that lengthy conversation with you in the future to explore these five pillars. I suspect that the audience is the same way. You've really raised some interesting points. We're going to take our final time out. We'll come back on the other side. We'll be joined by Miles Austin. We'll do our X's and O's segment. Tony, thank you so much. I know it's early in the morning tomorrow morning there. Thanks for spending some time with us, and we'll look forward with great anticipation to your next visit. Thanks, Kelly. It was a pleasure. Thank you for being a part of the show. It's BizLocker Radio on Voice America. I'm Kelly Riggs. Stay with us. We'll be back on the other side of this
1: break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
4: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, And Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com.
2: Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to a $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the Chief Revenue Officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at amazon.com today.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
2: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you back on Biz Locker Radio. It is brought to you by the Business Locker Room. We're joined by Miles Austin for the X's and O's segment, and he is
3: already up, live, and running on Periscope. I know that, Miles, because I'm watching you. (laughs) Great to see you. Well, as you know, man, this is an experiment. This is the first time. We're Uh, doing uh, a simultaneous broadcast live over the Internet to whoever is following as well as we're doing it over, uh, you know, the, the network. So it's be kind of fun. Well,
2: it's interesting because I had somebody ask me today, well, if you're going to go live on Periscope and it's your show, why aren't you doing it? And I said, well, be- because I have a face for radio and Miles is a very attractive young man.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, we can tell them the truth later. But the fact is, man, you're, there's a lot of buttons to push. This is the first time. So, you know, if this goes flawless, we'll all be shocked, right? I think that's part of the benefit, though, is we're able to try this, test it out, and I think it's a great example. Look, this is early stage stuff, so it might not be for everyone, but we're pushing the envelope, we're learning how to use the technology, and hopefully the audience is going to enjoy this as we talk um, back and forth, as we get more and more people um, understanding. But just remember that this tool, Periscope, was just released to the public the first of the week. So, I mean, there's still the majority of people don't even know what the heck this is.
2: Well, if you're joining us live on Periscope, welcome. It is uh, great to have you as a part of BizLocker Radio. By the way, we're going to give away some free stuff. One is a copy of Mark Robert's book, Sales Acceleration Formula. We had him on the show a few weeks ago. Mark is an incredible guy. And I'm also going to give away one of our Biz Locker Room journals. Absolutely free. Going to do it this week. Just text me at 33444. That's all you do. Type in 33444 and text the word Biz Locker. B-I-Z Locker. And we'll enter you in that drawing. By the way, we'll send you something and show you how, even if you're not the winner, you can get an absolutely free book. So it will be great to have you on board. Periscope jumped up on the radar last week, Miles. I remember we had this conversation and it went viral almost immediately. Now, it's not the first to the party. Meerkat's been around for a while. Uh, Why did did Periscope take off like it did?
3: Well, I think probably, at least this is my opinion, obviously, but part of the reason was because Meerkat was so successful early on. I mean, remember about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, everyone was down at this big convention down in Austin called South by Southwest. And Meerkat took that place by storm And it was the buzz, the activity, everyone is doing these live video broadcasts. And so we're all kind of sensitized to it now. The reality, I think, is is that it's still um, a great product and a lot of fans out there. But Periscope had been in development for a much longer period of time. It was acquired not too many months ago by the team at Twitter. It's got much deeper pockets, a much larger team. And I think overall has a much more polished feel to it. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I have no preference. Meerkat, uh, um, you know, Periscope, doesn't really matter. So let, we'll see what develops. But the point is this tech is emerging rapidly. And I enjoyed listening to, to uh, Suzanne earlier in the segment when she was talking about when you were mentioning her broadcast career This is going to change that TV world in major ways uh, and already has, as a matter of fact.
2: Well, it's interesting. I think that Meerkat and Periscope are very much like Twitter was when it first came out. Everybody jumps on and they want to broadcast everything they're doing, you know, from eating a sandwich to, you know, watching the sunset. I mean, I suspect that gets old after a while, Miles. And then at some point in time, I think business gets a hold of this and begins to do some very productive things with it.
3: Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of applications. I was talking to a gentleman a couple of days ago uh, that's in the medical field, and I thought, man, you got a lot of opportunity, but you also, it raises those questions of privacy and security and who's being broadcast live and do we need to give them permission and all that. Again, it's a brand new bleeding edge part of frontier of technology that we're going to learn as we go. We will look back at two years on this time and go, wow, we really didn't have a clue, did we? But it's it is fun to go explore, to push the envelope, and as we're doing here today, you know, with the audience online, the ability to see what's really happening out there, um, it helps us learn and grow and move forward in our business opportunities. Well, so if
2: I'm not on Periscope, and clearly a lot of people are not who are listening to the show today, and yet I wanted to see your smiling face, God forbid, uh, on <laughs> Periscope, how would I go
3: about doing that? How do I, how do I get Periscope as a part of the plan? Well, right now it's an Apple um, application only. It's coming on Android, so don't everyone get upset. But the bottom line is it's an Apple-only app today. Um, you go out to the Apple Store, you download it. It's a free app. And once you download it, it'll go and connect. And then you basically, it grabs your Twitter account profile and your information and your username, by the way. And then, it, then you have the ability for people to follow you. So the way that people, like you just did, are going to be able to follow us live is if they go out and they follow you on Twitter, they'll, be able, they'll get a notification that says, hey, this show is now live, follow it. The, one of the unique differences, though, um, that was jumped out clearly at the very start of this comparison between Meerkat and now Periscope was that um, with Periscope, you can actually save your broadcast to your, to your phone, to your iPhone. And so it's saved as a video file. What I'll do with this broadcast later on today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow at this point, I will actually embed this video, this broadcast, um, on my blog talking about some of the ways that we're seeing people use it. So you can share it. Meerkat, when your event is over, it's over, it's done, and nowhere to be found. So that's one of the big differences, Um, uh, and there were several of them, but that's one of the key differences, at least from my perspective. You're listening to the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. He's at fillthefunnel.com. Make sure you find
2: him online at MilesAustin. Follow him on Twitter. Read his stuff. You'll be always up to date on the latest and greatest in the technology world. And uh, you can find us, of course, at bizlockerradio.com. You, uh, you always have, have the, the, the latest and the greatest, Miles. But uh, this, this, is a, this is a whole other deal. And we've got about uh, a
3: minute before we run out of time here. But this is this is a game changer. It is, for I think, for a lot of industries. I mean, if you think about the old expression that a picture is worth a thousand words, live video can take you someplace and show you around live. I think you and I were talking, I had an example. Um, I have clients in my coaching practice that are always asking about, Miles, but how do I do that video thing and what do I need and what does it look like? The ability now to take this camera, turn it around and actually show them what my lighting setup looks like, what my studio looks like, what my mixer board and how many screens I'm using and all of those things, that's all now capable. And it's capable for one individual to one more individual. You can make these private broadcasts. So you have the ability to d- send invitations to those people that you want to see it and no one else. So there's lots of opportunity. Um, but the real key is we've been talking about this now, Kelly, for a couple of months on the show o- off and on. The power of video is changing the way that we interact with each other online in a very, very big way. And so this is just one more step in the process. At some point, as as we've talked before, everyone is going to be broadcasting full live video as they are on CNN or your local ABC News channel. It's coming very, very quickly, and this is just one example of it. Very good. We're going to get out of here. Great show today. Hey, Miles, we'll
2: do more Periscope next week. Uh, Just a suggestion from my perspective. Work on that makeup just a little bit. I think it's (laughs) going to help. Miles Austin, fillthefunnel.com. Special thanks to him for joining us in the X's and O's segment, brought to you as always by 4D Sales. By the way, we'll be announcing a, an upcoming webinar for 4D Sales. You're going to want to listen to us on that as well. Hey, thanks to Suzanne Bates for stopping by the locker room today. She's at CEO Coach Bates on Twitter. And Tony Hughes, much more from him in the future, I promise you. Find him on LinkedIn, read his stuff. He is at RSVP selling.com i'm kelly rick that's going to wrap it up for today's show show number 48 in the can we'll see you next time right here on voice america this is biz locker radio thanks to michael surgett the engineer we'll see you next week